Thanks. Here. It's time to get the meeting rolling. Here. We have the minutes of the uh, January 23rd meeting in front of us. Uh, are there any additions or corrections? Hearing nothing, a uh, motion to accept the minutes. I am making a motion. To accept the minutes. All in favor say aye. 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 Uh, we have representatives of the press and those guys. Uh, maybe if you would introduce yourselves to these two ladies sitting to your right so you can get their records. <laughs> Travis, you start. Yeah. Uh, Travis Coin, I'm a civil engineer with Don Boney Associates, uh, 7979 uh, Hub Parkway in Bellevue. Uh, I'm Eric Allen with Pride One Construction. Um, I work on the construction management team. Uh, I've been working with the owner through some of the uh, entitlement and approval process. Uh, Pride One is 2211 Medina Road, Medina, Ohio. And I'm uh, Brian Summers. I'm with the developer, one of the partners in the project, and with uh, Great Box Capital, work 127 Public Square, Cleveland, Ohio. Well, a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, Jeff has uh, graciously put together a little program for us. Uh, you have access to the program too. So why don't we kind of stick with it? Uh, the first thing that we might want to discuss, uh, the changes that have been made to the preliminary plan and, and why you made the changes. That's kind of in your list, right? Yeah, yeah. I could go with, I could go through all that. You want me to put the board up? Please? Sure. I think that's helpful. Yeah. I go over here. I hand out, uh, uh, I think everyone got the handout, the three different units. Uh, I think the last time you guys were here was about a year ago, uh, just to go over the three units. Um, the first one in there is the Mendoza. And that's the one car garage unit. with the one-car garage. It's the largest of the three units offered. Uh, it's about 1,600 square feet. It's a two-bedroom, two-bath. Sure. Yeah. If, if I could inter interrupt, interject real quick. So, um, to the commission, so just to give you a, a, a backup a little bit, the reason for the um, changes in the units, uh, we've, uh, as you know, we have a number of these communities in Northeast Ohio that were actually that are fit in the, in the uh, midst of being finished, are leasing, getting feedback from customers. And we, you know, we're a, a year smarter in terms of the process of building these types of communities. Um, we also have, we also believe that having a breakup in the buildings um, will aesthetically look better. So we're not looking to change the total unit count. We're not looking to make uh, significant changes to the layout. But actually, when you look at the buildings now, and there's different unit types within a building, rather than six or three or eight or, or four of one single unit type, it actually breaks up the, the line and the view lines of, um, of each of these buildings that we're adding different unit types. We're also doing things like adding sunrooms, um, great feedback from our, uh, our residents because they, they you know, love a sunroom for an extra area that brings in sunlight to have a, a table or what have you. So most of these are from client feedback, but also aesthetics. 
So sorry, Travis. Yeah, no, I just fine. want to give you the background on that. Yeah. Now we're just going to refresh around the unit types just so they're all familiar with them. So the first one was the Mendoza. Um, and the second one is the Canterbury and Windsor. Uh, those are a two bedroom, two bath as well. That's a two car garage. And then the last one's the Sanibel. Um, very similar, just a little different of a floor plan. So then if you guys have seen the, my response letter, uh, I'll just go through each one of those. Um, kind of, most of these changes of the site plan were results as when we were going through the detailed engineering, uh, after the original preliminary plan, our surveyors went on site, did a survey through the woods, located everything, real fine, fine detail. So then when we did our engineering plans, we had to make some revisions. Uh, so the, in the original plan, there was a pond on the northwest corner located here. Um, from our field survey, there wasn't a great discharge for that pond. So we relocated to be more centrally located. And there's an existing ditch line here where the pond can discharge, and then it can go down to the existing stream. It works out much better with our proposed grading and storm sewer layout. Um, by eliminating this pond, moving it to the center, we could increase the size of our uh, pond to our southwest near 82. And by increasing that pond and shifting the buildings up, um, East-West Street, now there's more of a curve to it, and we, we like how it turned out. There's a little bit more character to the uh, street layout now. So that was the second revision. Um, and as, as Ryan mentioned, uh, with some of the changes with the building units um, on this same road, instead of the original preliminary plan, we had every building group was all the same unit types. Um, with a couple of the buildings, um, building AA and L, uh, we have three of the Mendozas on the inside, and then the two outer units are the Sanibels. So it just adds a little bit of diversity to the arrangement of the buildings. And then as Ryan also mentioned, with the sunrooms, um, the outer units of BB, uh, T, and S, see a kind of a bump out. Uh, and those are sunrooms, just as a little bit of a difference to the units. And then, uh, if you follow along the, my letter, the number five was from the original plan. Uh, we did have to move around buildings a little bit. Um, with the one, with the, the Windsor and the Canterbury, we can't change the grade across the units. So just when we got in our fine grading, we had to move, like I think we had a Windsor Canterbury here, we had to move it over here because the slopes of our roads, um, we didn't change any of the unit types or anything, we just moved some buildings along. On um, the original plan, the M and N, they ran north and south. Now we changed it to the east and west, and then the parking was located here and here, and now it's in between the other ways. Uh, didn't change the buildings or anything. We just had to change the configuration. And again, that had to do with grading. If we left how it was, we would have had to put a long retaining wall in between the two of them. Um, but again, with all the changes, uh, we updated our cable, and um, none of the building types changed. 
uh, other than uh, these three buildings. It was uh, L, A, A, and Z, and the, the net result was uh, one less Mendoza and one more Sanibel. So they had one less of the uh, one car garage. Before the original plan, we were right at the limit, um, which I don't think is a bad thing for the township. I think that was, there was a, a max uh, one car garage we could have. Um, one of the other changes was after locating the stream in the field, uh, the original plan had a path routing uh, from continuing the trail from the metro parks. Uh, we had a route it uh, adjacent to Carter Road, and we stayed outside of the right of way. So we're proposing a, a 22 foot concrete boardwalk, and that'll go over the existing stream. Um, we propose that so we don't do any impact to the stream, and we can keep the same routing and the same path uh, for the original plan. Um, one other change is now that main entrance has a little bit of a jog in it, um, that'll get into kind of the main constraint with our improvement plans and the design of this project was uh, the grading, and that was Carter Road is roughly 50 feet higher than the parking lot over in Brentwood. So we have to meet all ADA requirements uh, with our sidewalks and roads under 5%. So we lengthen this road a little bit, try to get this road down as low as possible. We know this retaining wall, uh, I know the height of that was an issue. Uh, just a little bit of history, when we first did our design, trying to get this down as this wall wanted to be 15 feet. And then I know there's been some talks with the neighbor where we have a temporary cons uh, grading permit or temporary grading easement on their property. And we got the 15 foot wall down at 11 feet. And then I know Pride One worked with their architects and uh, they're able to drop that rear footer and then they're gonna have about a three foot um, reveal on the back of those units. But now that wall is down to eight feet. So along the, two, along the parking lot there, it'll, it'll be eight feet high. And then as you go further south, it'll be uh, five feet. And then we were also able to shrink the length of the wall. The wall used to come out more this way. So how long is the wall total? Um, I'm the handouts here, sorry. Uh, 402 feet total. That's in, that's in one of the handouts. Uh, you'll see the, you see a profile that, and some details of it. Um, so as far as site layout, I think I went through all of them. Um, there were some utility changes. Uh, that's in the preliminary plan, that's on the other side, but most of those changes were just to reflect our improvement plans. So just as we got more fine detail, I just updated it so it matched. We had comments back from Cleveland Water. They wanted a little bit more water main, which added some hydrants, which um, I know it's more development cost, but uh, I'm sure the fire department appreciates the, uh, a few more hydrants. That was about it for site changes. Um, I guess I go through all the zoning resolutions items, just to show you that everything's still up to date. 
Before you get started on that, uh, I got two questions. You say you do have some of these units completed already. That's correct. Are they within a, a reasonable driving distance of Sagamore Hills? They are. We could distribute a map and uh, addresses. Um, they're, I'd say, uh, Twinsburg. Well, you've been to Twinsburg, so um, Cuyahoga Falls, uh, Akron, Akron, and well, Akron, the, the valley. Like the, uh, do you guys are you familiar where the uh, the ones in Twinsburg is that on Route 91? You've already seen those. Yeah, um, we have, we have um, Hinkley, which is close, and so with um, Cuyahoga Falls. Where's the one in the valley? Uh, the one, the one in the valley. Do you know where the the sewage treatment plant is? We are uh, uh, right. Where what direction is that? I guess that'd be east? south, southeast. South. Yeah, south, going down Actonville Road. If you know where the old uh, Riverwood Golf Course was, yeah. you do. That's that we purchased that okay. Riverwood Golf Course. Um, it, that one is a little harder to see. It's way back. There's a long road between two uh, uh, like commercial facilities. But yeah, we could no. get back in there to visit. Oh, absolutely. There's people living there. Yes, you could definitely go there. It's south of the sewer plant. Yeah, there's like, a... So south. when you go down... On the, the same side? Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yes, on the riverside. On the riverside. Yeah. And Hinkley, um, we have um, those we have different unit types than Twinsburg, which you've seen. I'll, we'll send a map and a, mm -hmm. uh, a list. Good. Uh, send it soon. Uh, well, I'm sorry? Send it soon. Yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll send it tomorrow. <laughs> okay, good. Send it to her, she'll get it to The second question I had, now I was looking in the material that we got, and one of the things that was missing were the floor plans. We had some issues with classifying this as senior living, being able to set it at 55 and older legally, which we readily understood. But there were some things that we requested of you uh, be done with the buildings, which don't show in these uh, floor plans that we have here tonight. Okay. When do you plan yeah. on doing that? Those, those layouts, uh, those were from, I think, the last meeting. I don't know if Maybe they did update something. I, I, I'm going to say that uh, unfortunately, our architectural designer Steve Geisler from Pride One, there was a loss in his family, and he's not in attendance tonight. It was that given? To, I meant that would go to Steve. To yeah. So um, those were things that were like grab bars and other ADA friendly improvements. Um, right. I just don't think that level of details on the layouts you have. We could right. get you a list of those items. Um, tomorrow but but they're, they're we're doing those now it's just we don't put that level of detail on a handout like this I, I can tell you even though in the civil the civil arm of pride one I can tell you've done many 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 thousands of these units and one of the things that has always been uh, one of the staple items is that when we would specifically to the grab bars I can speak specifically to that when we put the, the showers in we have all of the proper blocking behind the showers before it's done with the, with the intent of, say, a tenant has a knee surgery or hip surgery, one call, we can come in and we can install a grab bar in minutes. Right. And it's, it's something that's always been from the original uh, the original visionary of this product of something you always wanted. So I know that that, of the other items, I'm not exactly sure how into the nitty gritty you got to Steve, the grab bars I know are not a problem. We, and, uh, we had a, a, essentially the shower surrounds have a, a bench, there's no 
step that you have to worry about. So that we, we have all that in our product. Let me just get you a list of what that is. Yeah. yeah. Now there are there are modifications that can be made that we don't do up front because there's um, accessibility. There may be greater accessibility like our requirements for certain tenants that we're not going to do automatically, but they can easily be done to Eric's point. Yeah, with the difficulties in enforcing 55 and older, we know we can't do it. But at least if that list of things was done, it certainly justifies to the residents that we are certainly trying to make this a senior living community and not just apartments. And that's our demographic, that's who we're targeting. So if this isn't, if our interests are aligned. Um, the Hinkley project, Hinkley Oaks, is a 50, 55 and older project. We went through a lot of the same entitlement questions with that community, and that model is now open. So that'll be one of the communities we could show you that's 55 and older. So that's the one to really go see. Yeah, it's, it, it's heavy construction, but there's a clubhouse, there's the same clubhouse we're building here is there. Um, and we have a two furnished models. And Dr. Powell, if it helps, um, you know, that section is a 5-10 accessibility and it talks about all that. If you look at the plans here, two of those units, both masters have three walls on all sides. The other one easily could have walls or a pop-up bar, which is required. You know, the ability to add that in those bathrooms. And then clearly the, the turnarounds in the uh, clearance in the kitchens are 44 inches wide. You can see that between the island and the kitchen. There's lots of access there. Toilets, tubs, showers will all have bar blocking. Those are in the final plans. Grab bars. Um, vanity sink, no higher than 34 inches. You're probably doing that already. And uh, the masters all comply, seem to all comply with those requirements. Um, just by virtue of the way they're built. The toilets are kind of nestled with walls around them, et cetera, for blocking. So. That's why I want to go take a look at some places. Yeah, please. Okay. I'd be happy to show you. So, so since this is all one level, it's all on the back. Okay, so there's no step-ups from garages into kitchens or foyers or from the front porch into the house. So the only thing there would be the threshold. There wouldn't be any other step up or anything like that, correct? There's no, there's no step up in any, in the biggest, the probably the most important one is from the garage into the kitchen. That's something we're very proud of. There is a slope on the garage, so any water from the car would drain out the open garage door. Nope. But there's no step. If, I, I, and again, I built thousands of these. The only time I've ever put a step in the garage was for some unforeseen issue with soils where we had to come back and do a plan change. But that's, it is, it's a level all the way, even to the point where we'll probably get some things later where if we would, if, if we do a reveal in the back of one of our units, we put a deck on. We don't even have steps down to a patio. Okay. But, but I will say, but to that point, uh, by code, you must have a four inch step from your house to your patio for rain issues because it's not covered. What about center drains in the garage then? Center drains in just a two-car garage? The, all? They, all the garages are sloped forward Slope with forward. no center drain. They all drain out to the driveway. Okay. All the roads are center drain, no curb. We have this discussion. Correct. No curb, center drain. And then there's sidewalks throughout that you see on the plans that we looked at. 
those sidewalks are all part of the concrete. So the concrete is 22 feet, and then the sidewalk is four feet on top of that, and then marked with a line. So essentially, the sidewalk portion of the road is actually part of the road, all flat. In other words, there's no curb even when you go out. And then you have the same kind of blocking in mailboxes. You saw those throughout on the notes. Those are uh, uh, gang boxes, like the post office requires. So those are all part of the concrete structure. So there's not even any steps or um, curbing related to those, right? They're all flat. That's and even the sidewalk, it's not really, it's almost part of the road, if that makes sense. It's just the line separates it from the road. So it's pretty user-friendly for older folks. I have a different question. Um, if I understand correctly, our preliminary plan showed the units along Carter facing perpendicular to the road. So there's, I don't know, five or six, I can't see them, because that's the preliminary plan down there in front of you right there. Uh, yep, that's a, that's an old, that's an old version. That's, a, that's old a very version. old version. Yeah. Um, and I have a more recent one. And my, I guess my question is, the, one of the things that I knew I personally was attracted to, I thought that would make it look less like barracks, to be simple. That, that, that would break up sight lines enough that we wouldn't have these long rows of buildings. One thing about that that you can look at on the, on the plan, the excavation plan, and how it's working, when you're at Carter, the physical, first of all, the building is only like a story and a half because it's the roof and the story. But those buildings are about, would you say about 10 feet below yeah, the grade of show the road. If you want to show that, that would be really helpful. In other words, the grade of, they are not parallel with the grade. When you go 100 feet back from the center line, they literally sit below the grade of the road. So, so you don't see the back of the unit. You might, you'll see the roof, but yeah. you won't really see the back of the unit. Well, this is kind of the view that this was done during the last plan where the grade comes down. It, it, it actually drops down. We're coming down as steep as we can. And then here's our final grading plan. You'll see, I mean, the way of looking at it would be, well, here's Carter, oh, yeah. yourself. You see all these contours yeah. come down. So like our finished floor, these units are 10 to 12 feet lower than the road. So if you're up on the road, you'll, you'll see the roofs. But I mean, unless you walk over to the edge and then look down, um, I mean, you're not gonna see the back. So like it provides good privacy for all these, these people that live in these units because they're gonna see a slope coming back behind their house. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we had to get the road down. I mean, you see the contours coming down. Uh, you know, max 5% coming down this way. So that's that kind of, the, it's almost like a little hole, you know, you're creating. Uh, Travis, if you could show too the picture on the front of that. Um, we also do privacy fencing and there's little bump outs on the roof line. So it's not one just linear roof. Um, we do that on purpose because we don't want it to look like a barrack. Um, so you have a privacy fence, you have a patio, some of those will have integrated um, uh, porches as well. Will they be different colors and, and things that the way? Absolutely. Okay. They'll all have the stone front facade, different colors. Um, again, I 
look forward to you visiting two or three of the communities that are up now. Um, we, we have a Western Reserve look that has a really a, a, a blue palette, a, a, a bluish gray slate color, and, and of course white. Um, those are our main colors, right Eric? Correct. And then there's some tan, I think, in here, too. And these drawings might show. Can you um, talk about those pictures and where they are? That first one with the island, that's a picture kind of from 82, looking down. Is that right? So that would be from right here, looking this way. Okay. And so those units, those trees and things we see to the right of that picture are kind of where it drops down, right? It drops down probably yeah, 10 or 12 feet. Yeah, it's it drops down, yeah. Because um, there's a rear yard swale there, so the water, you know, you kind of see it in the picture here, but, and then you see with, with the contours, as looking at this view, coming down to the thing right here, it drops down. And I call for a, a small landscape wall, just um, the gray gets a little tight there, I just, it's, uh, like a rock wall with on-site rock. And, and there's obviously a lot of sandstone there. I read some of your notes in those drives that go down, especially on that northerly drive on Carter. Yeah, it's, you guys have it's, rocks planned in there and then some landscaping in there, yeah. even in that area. Um, so then the second, so you wanted, so this view here, um, I believe would be looking at this uh, walks coming off of Carter, I believe. And then here's this would be the, the other entrance coming south on Carter. Yeah, so it's a northerly yeah. entrance of Carter. Yeah, yeah. Look at a sign right there. There's a sign. So you plan on putting those landscape like that and trees like that? or? Yeah, we have a landscaping plan here if we want to move to that and pass out of 11 by 17 for each of you if you want to pass that out. I want to see that now. Cases it drains towards that center gap, and then there's a storm sewer then that routes it towards the road. And in both cases, you know, it's like kind of our overflow route. If you know, got some 500 year storm, some you know, the water's going to overflow and make its way, you know, to the roadway. So, so Travis, I read a lot of your notes. You have a lot of notes about additional drainage. So you kind of want to show where that is. So it's in those areas. Where it, where you're controlling all that water, and probably most of that's heading towards the 82 catch basin, or the one in the rear. Is that right? Um, yeah, sorry. The central one. So, for this this whole eastern portion of the site, which this this is just blow up the grading plan of this area. Um, all this water here, so water that is south of the stream here all goes to this pond, which then discharges right. um, to the 82. Uh, all the water from the north of the stream gets routed to the center pond, which then makes its way to this stream. Um, and then, the and then this portion then goes to the south, which then goes to 82. So I mean, our, 
our stormwater, all it meets all the you know stormwater requirements of the county. Um, and being the majority of the site was woods, um, your release rates are pretty small because the existing conditions were all woods. So. So I guess my next question is: These are all rentals, right? That's correct. Correct. Yeah, right. So the fences, the, the screened-in patios and things, are you putting those up as you build, or are those extra add-ons by those who are coming in to rent? They're always controlled by us. They're put in when the building's completed. Okay. And so they'll be all part of the unit, essentially. Correct, and maintained by us. Through, I, I don't, I don't wanna, I tried to say to Travis, like I gave him a suggested list. I didn't mean it was his hit list, but then Dr. Cotton, I, Dr. Cotton said, I gave Travis a hit list of things that he might wanna go through. And then he said, oh, well, why don't you share that with everybody? So we all have the hit list. So why don't we look through the zoning resolution kind of item by item so we cover those. I know you have a landscaping plan. Why don't we cover the things in the resolution, you know, kind of check the boxes of where we are on the plan? Because those are pretty simple. Um, you like want to read them off or do you want me to read them off? It doesn't matter. I you can run through them. I make comments on them. So the site has to be 25 acres or more uh, and meet federal um standard for age-restricted housing of age 55 and older, which you're going to do and do a covenant, right? Dwelling units shall be constructed as single-family detached dwellings and, and, or in attached groups of units not greater than six units, at least three different groupings of attached-detached units, meaning one unit, two units, three units, up to six units, shall be constructed as approved. Not more than 35% of the total number of buildings shall have the same number of units. So you want to comment on that? There's lots of variety items. Yeah, and that's on the table of the updated preliminary plan. And you just look at the bottom of that kind of the, the grid. And, um, our greatest percentages are four units and five units buildings, and those are both at 30%. Um, and that's under the 35, so. Okay, so the next one is 4C, and that's about square footage. Individual units shall consist of a minimum of 750 square feet of living space plus a garage, and I think your units are anywhere from 1,300 to 16-something. 1,718. Yeah, just over 1,600. So you meet that requirement. All individual units shall have an attached garage. Not more than 25% of the units. Individual units shall be one-car garages. At least 75% of the individual units shall have two-car garages. Yeah, so at the old plan, we were right at 25, and then we swapped one Mendoza for a Sanibel, so now we're actually at 24.3%, uh, so we're right under that. Okay, of the units? Of the single-car garage. Okay, and then individual units shall have up to two bedrooms. I think they all have two bedrooms, if I can read it. One has a den, I think, um, in addition. Um, single floor. Dwelling units shall be single floor units shall predominate, not more than 30% shall have two floors. None of them have two floors, correct? Zero, zero multi-story. Thank you. Uh, the development shall have a diversity of exterior features sufficient to promote interest in wayfinding. And then 
you kind of show those units um, and you review those colors, blue and gray on the Mendoza, and then Canterbury and Windsor are kind of a few kind of beige and mauve and or beige and darker and gray, etc. Sandoval the same. Is that okay? I don't want to go too quick. Everybody good with that? Yes. Okay. Um, deed restrictions. At the time the site plan submittal, a draft deed restriction shall be submitted restricting occupancy to senior housing as defined by the township resolution in compliance with federal law. The deed restriction shall establish the township as a third party beneficiary of such restriction having enforcement rights, including injunctive relief. Filing of the deed restriction shall occur upon the approval of the final development plan and prior to the issuance of a zoning permit. My understanding is, um, I've talked to Ryan, their lawyers are drafting that. Obviously they've done a number of these, so we'll have that in place before any zoning permits are issued, but that will be a condition, the 55 and older restriction. Okay? So that, that would be a condition of approval. Um, at least 40% of the land within the development shall be preserved for open space on which no building structure, road, or parking area shall be located. Land occupied by gazebos, ponds, and outdoor recreational facilities shall be considered open space and um, disturbed open space may make up to 60% of the required open space. Undisturbed open space shall make up at least 40. So do you want to talk about that, Travis? That big area in the red in the back is the primarily the undisturbed open space. Yeah, so our total open space is 52% of the site, and then of that 52, the requirement was 20, and we were at 40%. Uh, of undisturbed open space. And that's that primarily that big area in the back there. And then some of those areas are filled in that you have hashed because of the need to be able to construct the stormwater and other uh, parts of the development, correct? Correct. I'm just trying to you know, help everybody. We have uh, both uh, per permits from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the e EPA for that. Anywhere we are filling is just for grading purposes only. You can see yeah. it, I mean, you can sit, if yeah. you look closely at the grade here, there's just where we have to run the grade out to make it work. Yeah, so I can see that most of them is just a grade issue. Yeah, it's just gonna, that's going to be, you know, seated. And, and there's like a like funny little peninsula that comes out. you got a grade over mm -hmm. that to make the water flow. That's correct. And not create a little problem. Do you, do you have to do wetland mitigation somewhere? Yes, and that's been um, approved and paid for. Do you know where that mitigation, you just pay and mitigation shows up somewhere? But the the uh, Army Corps dictates that, and that's, um, it's with a land trust and the Ohio Water Development Authority. I, I don't recall where that's located. The, those areas, Dwight, are quite small. Yeah, I it's, know the small. Oh, yeah. But nevertheless, they're, that's why I asked the question. Um, Units per acre, senior living, senior care, and continuing care communities shall have a maximum of 15 units per development acre. Uh, this area shall have a maximum of 4.5 units per development acre. Yeah, so we were allowed up to 152, and we're proposing 140, which is a reduction of 8% from what's allowed. Thanks. Minimum yard and buffer requirements. So no building shall be erected closer than 100 feet to the center line of the dedicated road. 
So those would be the roads along 82, which I think you clearly mean, just obviously is looking at it, and then Carter. And so those units are 100 feet from the center line of Carter as the houses across the street are supposed to be, but some of those houses are actually 90 feet from the center line. Um, I, because the, the way the road, you know, it's an old road. So the road kind of, uh, what did you guys call it? Wayfinding, right? The road kind of wayfinded over the years. But um, it's 100 feet, is that accurate? Yes. Yes, Yeah. Bumpers to any other district shall be 75 feet. Consideration is to be given for a minimum of 10 feet of landscaping at the lot line where the property is adjacent to another district. Buffers to the same district shall be a minimum of 20 feet. No building shall be less than 20 feet to another building. So those are the edge buffers between the nursing home, kind of the Brentwood property and your property. Those are like properties, as well as the Elmcroft property to the west. And then the different zoning district would be the one to the north, uh, which is where um, the, there's a house, right? That's an R1 district. So that would be the 75 feet. The other areas would be the 20 feet. Yep, we have the mention 75 off here, and then we kept our tree clearing off 20 feet off the property line. So, and, but, uh, so we're, we meet that 20 feet. Can we, can we jump to the landscaping? Sure. Sure, right now. Uh, let's go with that first one that you passed out. Is that the, uh, the overall site? Yeah. Okay, well, I want to make clear that was the original plan back when we were moving forward with, with the, uh, the first plan. I had a landscaping plan done. And since we've made the changes, I've not incorporated those exact building types into that, but it is very, very close. I didn't say anything, you probably wouldn't even notice if I said anything. Yeah, I noticed you did leave the line of trees along that. Oh, the, actually, as of today? Yeah. That's correct. I actually did that myself. I was working with uh, our clearing contractor, and for our sake and the neighbor's sake, I did what I could to save the larger, more healthy trees there. But we will be, in. I mean, as per that plan, we will be infilling any gaps with our own landscaping as well. Okay, so you're actually going to have... But there's about 20 feet of trees that you left there. There's quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to add more beyond that 20 yeah. feet. Yeah. I mean, well, we will fill in, and, and, and again, that shows, that's why it just shows like that plan was assuming that all those trees would be taken down. Yes. After we got in the real world and I made some, some judgment calls out there, uh, it's going be, to be better because we'll, we will have natural cover that's been there for 100 years, but we are planning on putting more lower growth trees to visit. Obviously, there's going to be gaps. I mean, these are large trees with large trunks. It's not like it's... It's not like it's it's a it's a uh, not like a shield in any way. You know, there's very large trees with a very high canopy. So we'll be seeing smaller, younger trees. I, I believe there's even some evergreens. I could be wrong in that line of, of trees up there. And, and Travis, could you help pull up that and the the um, excavation because those units are actually lower than those trees too, Eric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you turn it the way you have the other plan so we can see Carter going up and down and eating? Yeah, there you go. So we're looking at it the same way. It might not yeah. look on there, so right? Carter. Yeah. So that, that northerly line kind of show, can you read those contours and explain how it drops from the 20 feet? Dr. Pendle, this might be helpful. Yeah. So that tree line is above at the top, right. and then it drops down. So those units, again, are below that earth, 
if that makes is that right error that's correct okay yeah so I mean it's as you get further down it's more of a drop but right right here it's you know roughly about five feet and then as you get down here you're more at uh, like 12 feet so 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 I appreciate Eric that you left those trees because when you left those trees they're actually on a higher level and then it drops down so those trees you know as you buffer it it's an area that's dropping and sloping so it'll be more of a shield between um, essentially the Polson uh, residents and that development because just like Carter the units are kind of tucked under the grade, if that makes sense. The grade's dropping. The units aren't popping out above you. The units are below you almost. Well, they are absolutely below you. But you will see the units on Carter. I mean, you'll see the backs of those units on Carter. But they do drop as they go down the hill. I believe that strip of trees was definitely a further indicator. Uh, well, when it's well, when it's that close to the property line, it's just it's just too much of a risk. Uh, you know, like I, yes, it's staked and all that, but it's just one thing that that, that Travis did well, and it, it's very hard to see from everybody in the room's perspective here. But if you see how the there's like a I'll just point this clear area here, this white area is that's on that just basically means untouched by anybody. So so really, it's just Travis and his group that really did their best to start the grading here. They could have pushed it to the line, but they didn't. It's just wise design. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a little challenging, you know, for us to not use 100 percent of everything, but they made it work. So that's the gap you see there when you when you go when you drive down the road and look down. So you'll see right where those trees end. You're going to see a grade coming down. What is it? What, what is that slope there? You know, uh, three to one. It's a it's a three to one slope, which is a mobile slope. There's also trees in that stream corridor that no more trees are getting cleared to our yeah. knowledge, correct? No, that's, that, I, I, I can't go in there. That's all screen protected area, yeah. so that's all they're protected. But we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Everything's down. That's it. When you go down Carter from the north north and go south, you kind of see the tree line, and then you see the trees open, because you never saw the trees open, right? But you see that tree line. But you're not going to see those units like popping out much from the ground, because five feet of them are down below even at where it hits Carter and then those buildings kind of nestle down as they go down the hill and and you won't see those high roof lines because it is only a, you know it's a one-story unit with a roof so it's going to kind of shield those units a bit you, they'll be kind of nestled below I mean you're certainly going to see when you come up 82 that these units kind of stack but they're all kind of nestled up into the hill if that helps understand that. I kind of really looked at this and I do appreciate what you did with those trees. And your work, Travis, are, is great because it kind of makes a shelf that kind of protects the rest of it. It's like a separation. What I was looking at, guys, uh, is the width that he's showing that. It's, it's showing at least 25 feet. Yeah, I think I think my tree clearing limits. I think I left at twenty, and then I didn't start my grade until like another. Try to keep another five feet off that, so then you know I'm not getting too close to where you stop the tree clearing, and then leave it a little flat and then come down. Any other questions about landscaping, guys? Sure, I think the next one is just minimum parking requirements or maximum height, 35 feet 
and three stories. We're nowhere near that. <laughs> we're one story. We're not anywhere near that height. Minimum parking requirements, independent living facilities, um, two garage spaces plus two additional spaces in front of each garage for a guest. And then the last thing we have is just the single-story units in the development shall provide reasonable accessibility, and we have all those requirements of the, the build-out of the units, essentially, the blocking and things. So you have a number of parking spaces, Travis. You just want to kind of highlight those. Yeah. So in the original plan, we had 31. Now I'm at 32. In addition to the ones in front of the units, essentially. Everybody Correct. can park in front of a unit yep. in front of a garage. Um, so at the clubhouse here, we have, <clears throat> I think, six units, or six parking spots, another three, four. Um, at the mailbox here, we have three, or three, two. Um, some over here at the other mailbox, we got six, three, another two. So that was a total of 32. Sorry. What's the use of the clubhouse? Just for it's for the benefit of the residents. Um, You've got six parking spots. I don't know how big it's going to be. It's it's pretty big. You know, when most our thought is when most people would have, um, um, you know, they'd still leave maybe have one car at their house if they're going to drive another car over there or they're going to walk there. Um, we haven't had parking issues at our other club clubhouse. What other amenities? Do you know what plan? I know there's a there's a fire pit in the middle. Um, um, is this this is the Hinkley design? Are we going to have even any like a, a treadmill or anything like yeah. that? Like treadmill, yeah. spinning bike? Yeah, there's like there's that. fitness equipment. There's a um, a room for obviously having an event, anything, a birthday party, family get together um, when you need a bigger space. And then um, we have some other, you know, just like small entertainment amenities in there, TV. Um, and there's your office. Uh, there's the leasing office, and then there's um, um, uh, a kitchen area for you know food party. You want to you know have a caterer come in. You want to wash your dishes when you're done, and then there's um, lockers in in that version where if someone wanted to store wine or you know any type of sport equipment, that they could have their own locker there too. Do you have multiple spots for mailboxes throughout the showing three the development? Yeah. Do you want to circle them or just kind of show them? Because uh, there's like a star. One's right, right at the clubhouse. I'm missing the one on the drive off of Carter, the northmost side of off of Carter. Is there one up there for those um, units? Yeah, there's. It's on the three parking spaces, kind of in between uh, N and M. Can you see that, Ray? He's circling it there. It's the back of the square, if that makes sense. It's towards the back. Yeah, I saw that one. Where's the one for, or so this one here would be for all of those? I thought this was one also. Um, that's no, just parking spots. And then there's another one over here. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's a covered um, kiosk. Think of a little, like, open air shed. Um, so. People are going there. It's no rain. It's it just has a building. 
Exactly, small pavilion. But no walks. It just has no. a little area to walk in and get your That's just to keep the male personnel and the residents dry. Did I miss anything in this? Because I think the only other thing is the blocking and all that that we talked about. Do you want me to read that? Or? No, it's, it's there. Uh, it's not shown on the drawings that they have, but uh, certainly I think a few of us are going to take a tape measure down to Hinkley and measure what it's got. Uh, it would be nice, uh, will be necessary on the final plans that you send us for these units to demonstrate correct dimensions and show where the blocking will be on those walls. Uh, when I went to Twinsburg, I, you know, I saw the insulation between the two units, and boy, I thought that was great. Uh, I mean, a condo complex that didn't have insulation between those walls, I really appreciated seeing all the insulation to go between there, too. Uh, we can get the, get, we'll get the commission that detail. So I'd like to just circle around to one other item, just so you're aware. We gave this plan to the fire department to revisit and look at, and Dave Smith from Macedonia Fire Department, the fire inspector, reviewed the plan, and I talked to him today, and they basically said everything is fine. And I want to read that, what he said, and then um, kind of explain one item in there that Travis was kind enough to look at on his plans. Um, uh, as requested for our conversation, I reviewed the provided documents and I've attached the portions of the fire code that pertain to the fire apparatus access roads. The fire code has Appendix D that was additional recommendations that include methods for providing turnaround for fire apparatus on dead end roads that exceed 150 feet in length, which I believe Sean Drive and Witten, Drive, Witten Drive Lane qualify. Additional recommendations include 26 foot width of roadways for aerial apparatus if buildings exceed 30 feet in height and capable of supporting a vehicle weighing 75,000 pounds, that's for their ladder truck. Um, I believe the plans meet the fire code requirements with the only concern being the turnaround requirements on two cul-de-sacs. The other issues, uh, water line size, hydrant placement and access off Carter Road meet the requirements. So I just wanna share that with you. So there is a, um, there is a recommendation that is not adopted in the fire code that provides that cul-de-sacs have to be 96 feet <laughs> in order to turn around. In other words, it's a recommendation. I, I understand. 96 feet for the turn. It is not something in the fire code. I actually asked Dave Smith, how many of these are in Macedonia? Because obviously, I don't know of cul-de-sacs that large, right? So the issue here is when you come up, um, I don't know if you're keeping these names, by the way, but but Travis and I like all the Cleveland Browns names and famous players. I don't know if you're going to leave them those names, but if you go down Newsome Lane um, and you make a turn, you there's almost a 90-degree turn to that cul-de-sac. The fire equipment, I, I went and figured this out with them. The Pierce Arrow, which is the heavy-duty aerial tower truck, is um, it has 40, it has 100 feet of um, horizontal vertical height and 93 feet horizontally, um, and it is 41 feet three inches with an overhang of a rear mount that 
minimizes tail swing. So essentially that truck is 41 feet long with the apparatus at the end. It is a vehicle that you can bring down Newsome Lane and turn because up at, uh, Travis was helpful, up yeah, at Newsom, yeah, there are two sidewalks. You might want to explain yeah, there's, that. Uh, the, the names were like more placeholders and they were in the improvement plans. The preliminary plan doesn't have any names on them. Oh, okay. so I don't okay. know. The preliminary plan has one, these names. They, might, it's want, they, they might want to change the names. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, they're just the two cul-de-sac streets. So like the east-west road here, the cul-de-sac, the north-south road here with the cul-de-sac. Uh, the dimensions is uh, talking about it would be a 96, which is larger than what we're showing. So, um, so if, if a fire truck did come up here, uh, we do have a hydrant about halfway up this road, another hydrant at the end of the cul-de-sac, same here. Another hydrant right at the cul-de-sac, another hydrant about halfway. So if a fire truck did have to hook up to that hydrant, they'd have to back up. Um, this T intersection does meet the, the turning radius, minimum turning radiuses for the same uh, exhibit of the Ohio, Ohio Fire Code. Uh, same with this radius, um, but it'd be the same case. If they look up to that hydrant, they'd have to back up. And so. more importantly on that Newsome, when you make that turn, you know, because that's kind of a, a 90 degree, there's a sidewalk to the north and there's a sidewalk to the south. Yeah. So that adds eight feet. So there's 22 feet of pavement plus eight feet. So literally the turn is 30 feet of concrete. So there's plenty of, there's plenty of concrete to turn a 44 foot vehicle and make the corner to the rear here and fight a fire. The issue would be to get out, you have to back out. We have this throughout the township, including Eaton, and if you remember, Carno has a similar problem. There's a, there's a stub street that goes back and then it turns, remember? And there, we rolled the curve because they had curbing there and we rolled it so the fire truck could make the corner and not go over the curbing with a very heavy vehicle. Here, all the roads are flat and the sidewalks actually connect to the road. So what that actually gives you is 30 foot of pavement to make the turn. So these are more than sufficient to meet all the requirements of the fire department. But we often have throughout Sagamore when there's a fire, the truck can only get out backwards. It can't go to the, you know, like your road in Greenwood. You can't turn around at the end of that road. You'd probably back right out onto Greenwood Parkway. We have this a lot. Um, but all the rest of it, they're happy about the fire hydrants, the placement of those hydrants. Um, it's all fed off of 16 off of 82, so there's plenty of pressure. And it's all eight inch with those hydrants. So. It's more than sufficient to meet the requirements of the fire department. I just want you to be aware of it. And I also want you to be aware that the county engineer still has some review here, but they're mostly comments related to the stormwater. Um, and we don't have all those responses back. And then the last item that we should at least address is um, the traffic study. And I don't know if you want to talk about that. These. The, Travis isn't part of the traffic information, but Tim Boley from the county engineer will be reviewing that traffic study. But if you look at that, the traffic counts are far less than what would justify a left turn or a right turn on Carter. You can see that off those charts, and I can talk about it if you want to. But obviously the county engineer still gets a crack at reviewing that. 
and then the township is going to use part of the TIF dollars from this project to actually redo Carter Road from 82 all the way back to Nesbitt. We think the estimate on that is a pretty close to a half a million dollars um, for the complete repavement of that. So that'll be completely redone, hopefully when the heavier construction is completed, you know, all their dirt work and everything else. Although you're taking most of that right to 82 instead of Carter anyways. The equipment and things, aren't you? The, during my construction, my civil construction, well, the fact that we're going to have the, the two the two separate uh, kind of sections here, my plan is that is an old thing. Yeah, yeah um, that's the old one. Yeah, it's a very you, old one. You want to talk about the phasing? Why don't you yeah, do that? That will be helpful. You ready to step into that? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, there's a, there is a lot of rock, as, as Jeff has spoken about, and it, there's going to be uh, quite a bit of work uh, for my, my site crew to uh, to rip into the rock here, and, and and you remember from the previous stories, we've got a, you know, we're we're dropping down to these pads, we're dropping down from this elevation to here, we're dropping down from this elevation down to here. So I've got a big cut here in all rock. This is going to be very time consuming. We desperately want to do this one first because this is where our clubhouse is going, this is more visual, but it just doesn't make that much sense from a timeline. So we do have this area here, which the geotech has shown us that while there is rock, we're not going to be going into a cutting situation over here. So we're actually gonna be doing this section first. So what we'll be doing is we'll be doing most of our staging up here while we do the work. The equipment will be mainly on this side and we will be coming through this way and we, we will do everything we can to build out backwards with the heavy equipment. And then what'll happen is once, and the, the, our water and sanitary connect here for this section. So we'd be building this out backwards this way. Um, and then once we finally have the pads where they need to be, and certified with a surveyor, uh, the vertical team will come in and start building these from front to back. The best part is that we won't have to, that as, and then as we start, this is very important, we will be leasing these as fast as we can. And it, I've, I've put over 10,000 of these in the ground all over the country, and people will be lining up to get these first units, and they don't seem to care about the construction. It's just the way it is. And that's what, that's what makes this such a great project, is that people want in now. So that's something I want, I, that, that will be the case. And because of that, we want to keep these people happy, so the fact that we're working out backwards, it just it lends itself well here that I can get out this way. So this will go in first. Um, but the, the, so at that point, as you can see, we would have to be bringing the, the equipment down Carter Road because we don't have any other access to Carter besides this existing little asphalt road, which we have an agreement with the neighbor. We, are, we cannot bring any heavy equipment down that road. We'll, we will have our trailer there, our construction trailer. We'll have our regular vehicle parking for people who drive to work in the morning there, but it's already blocked off, as you've seen, they've already had it tied off. And there'll be nothing, uh, no heavy equipment going through, uh, going through there either. Derek, you wanna talk about the demolition and the clearing? Yeah, the, the yeah, so of course. You, you, when site work might start. Yeah, obviously you've seen that the, 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 the trees are down, um, and those will be ground up within the next two weeks. Um, we are not allowed to begin when I, say, when I say ground up, I mean specifically the, the, the material that's down. We are not allowed to grind any stumps yet or disturb any dirt until the plans are fully approved and we have full storm, uh, uh, storm water approval. So the stumps will have to remain there to keep the ground stable until we're allowed to put in our silt fence and other uh, erosion control measures. Um, so while those trees are being uh, chipped up and hauled away, uh, I'm already contracted with a uh, demo contractor to take down the two buildings that are there. Um, it'll be quite a bit of work there. Um, 
he's hoping to start he's hoping to start here in the next week uh, maybe or, or, or two um, uh, he's getting is he getting some things lined up he, we just fit out some some of the, the permitting issues that we have to deal with uh, with the city and the state you know with regards to uh, clean up from some of the reports that we got in the buildings um, this is I, I've honestly never done a demo I've done, done a lot of demos of old houses um, I've done some commercial but these are very big I, it's hard for me to estimate I've talked to him about it it's going to be at least six weeks for him to get everything completely out of it um, and that isn't that is an estimate thank you for not writing that down <laughs> um, so you know that could put us uh, you know deep into April um, at that point by the time he's finishing up while he's doing that I am going to be doing some pretty uh, detailed investigation into the rock. We know it's there, we've had a geotech study done, um, but at this point, in order to make this as efficient as possible, we're gonna do what we call a, a, a rock map, where we can actually determine the best of our building, where the rock is under the, the topsoil. So you will see, you will see small rubber-tired equipment probably in the next two to three weeks with a geotech out there making mini potholes out here. When I say potholes, just literally Digging down, getting a shot, writing it down, and then that'll be mapped out by my um, my site contractors, in-house engineer. Um, but that'll be the that's as, as much as we're allowed to do uh, with regards to moving any dirt. Uh, I would I would love if I could get enough information and get started in mid-April with major dirt moving. Well, I should say erosion control measures and then major dirt moving. I would say with the amount of rock that we have, even though we're starting down here and getting things done. If we start in mid-April, I'm going to need probably six weeks before I can actually get to the point where I'm putting some sanitary in the, in the ground. Sanitary is going to be probably four weeks. I would say the soonest we could see these first buildings be going in would be maybe soonest June, more likely July. And at, at that schedule, we, we would have this road in before uh, winter of 2023. I, I, say the, I say the winter of 2024 coming on. We'd have the roads in. And I would, I think it's attainable to have these first few units being leased before Christmas. And then we move through the entire site. Again, now I'm starting to speak my vertical, guys. Once these buildings go in, we really like to release one building every two weeks on that schedule. Do they hit that? No, but that's our goal. And then I'd say the front section there at Carter and 82, would that be kind of that would be phase two, so to speak. Yes, thank you. Yes, because yeah, you did phase one. I figured you're going there because you need the leasing office. Yeah, and, and I and I, you got to be careful using the word phase because it means a lot of things to different right. people. But but for the sake of this discussion, let's call this phase one. It is all one project. It is all one finance. It shall all be done, and we're not going to be there will be no break. Even though there is a physical break here with the road, there will be no break in construction. Um, but yes, this this will be this phase will be completed. And, and my hope is that by the time they've gotten through this, that I will have, I, and, and, and I will have excavated enough rock and gotten through everything that I could start clubhouse and these units and it would come back this way then. So the construction would go through here and then up this way. So can you start to talk about, I think this is a perfect segue, the wall. Yes. kind of what's involved in the wall because you're going to be reusing some of the asphalt and concrete from the demo yes to be able to build the wall so you want to talk about that, that was, a little bit and that was not all was, correct what that was not all correct so okay i will well, correct you fill me in the correct <laughs> okay. i just read the notes i don't i don't know all the details right okay um with the amount 
Normally in a project like this, you do the demo, you take everything away. Um, with, with the research we've done, there is enough concrete sidewalk, concrete building slab, and asphalt material to actually break it up and use it as a base material for, for our drives through here. Um, if this was a, I'll be blunt, if this was a public road, more than likely you guys wouldn't want to use that for your road. But these are our, these are our drives and we are allowed to use that crushed material. It's done all the time to use, it's a recycled material. The way things are going, recycling concrete, recycling asphalt is kind of one of the new things um, that we're seeing just because it's, I mean, if you check you're, the price of concrete. You're gonna have a crusher on site? Yes, yes we will. Um, so we're gonna be using that. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we're gonna generate about 5,000 cubic yards of that material that we can reuse, which is great, because it never has to be hauled off site, and uh, we're very, very pleased with that. Um, but it's important to note, that material will not be used for the retaining wall. Retaining wall will only be premium materials. There's too much of a safety issue there to use something that may be questionable in asphalt, or like sometimes you, you could get some debris material in the, in the crush material that is, that is fine to go into a drive, but you wouldn't want to put it in a wall. So um, speaking to the wall, uh, I think Ryan already spoke about it. At one point, you know, normally what we do on these projects is, uh, I believe you were the one that was talking about keeping everything flat. Normally what we do is we, we go nuts and we put in big walls everywhere and the site is just flat, flat, flat. Because especially with 55 and older, it's you want to be as, use the word accessible, it sounds like a handicap term, that's not the point, but. It certainly is easier to get around when everything is flatter and we're not talking about you know big cross slopes and steep slopes and things like that. So at one point this wall was very, very large. Um, and frankly, this is actually Brian pushes more than anybody. This is such a nice road to come up out of the valley, and it actually is you know quite nice through here, you know, through Brentwood, and to have a 15-foot wall here would not be the most attractive thing frankly, and then from my standpoint, from a civil standpoint, the bigger those walls get, the more of a liability they are. And I like to avoid them as much as I can, or at least make them smaller. So what we're doing here is, you can see the wall, that's this large line that's up against our property line. Um, we decided, even though it's not optimum for us, but we decided to lower this wall by about four feet by, by exposing the foundation. Now these are all slabs, so there really is no, like, basement foundation like you'd have on a standard home, but we're going to create something like that here, where we are gonna have a, uh, a four foot reveal on the back, and then all of these, where these would normally be, that little square, is probably so hard to see from where you guys are sitting, that represents the patio. Over here, these would be concrete patios coming around the back. These are going to be decks off the back, because again, when we want people to come out the back of their unit, we don't want them to step down. So there will be decks back here, and there'll be a four foot reveal on the back of these buildings. There will be a four to one slope on the, off the back of these. I know it's not on here now because you haven't done it. Um, Is it five to one? It's off on the our back. side, it's like four to five to one. Okay. And then, yeah. um, which will go down to the wall. So at that point, the wall was down around 11 feet. Uh, with, with the work Ryan's done, he's talked to the neighbor. And what we're doing is we are getting a temporary grading easement. And that's, if you look at the landscaping plan, I don't think it shows the grades, unfortunately. I mean, in the, in the handout I gave them, I did give them those wall plans. So okay. Sheet, sheet 41. Perfect. Do you want to kind of pull that? That's perfect. I pulled that out, Eric. It'll help. Yeah, I'll kind of actually really good because the plan you have there is the, is the landscaping plan that would overlay this. Okay, so what we've done, it's, it's very hard to see here. 
but this, the property line is, is hidden in all of these, <laughs> these steep lines here. So, you know, in, in a normal situation, we wouldn't be allowed to grade beyond that. But what we've done is we have a, a where we see these heavy lines, we have a temporary easement that goes right close to the parking lot, and there, is, there are catch basins through here that we will not be touching. We're not changing those grades at all. We're going to match it. And, we, and that, that allows us to pick up that grade. So basically, by, by, lowering the, by, lowering the, the, by dropping the foundation of the buildings, we've lowered the top of the wall, so to speak. By bringing the grade up, we've raised the bottom of the wall. So we're down at, he's got eight feet here. I, I can't, there's no way it's going to be more than it. it might even be, and that's just in this section. Yeah, and I, I kept the wall 10 feet off the property line. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, so it's officially our, our wall and our, and our responsibility to maintain it in, in perpetuity, you know, because it's, it's fully on this property. But this will just become just a hillside grade. Again, this is a mowable slope. And then those trees you see in that plan will be dotted all over this slope. So this wall is going to be, we were look, we lowered by seven to eight feet, which I think is a, a, a great, it really it's great that it worked out that way. Um, so it won't be as near as shocking when you're coming up the hill, as well as we're going to be shielding it with quite a few trees. So Eric, can I kind of walk you through that a little bit? So that wall, it will be between five and eight feet, but it sits about five feet or so above the parking area of the medical building. So if you are familiar with that area, when you drive into the nursing home and you look to the right and you see the medical building, the medical building is two stories on that side. And there's a parking lot there. So the wall will actually be above that parking lot. So I'm grateful that you're gonna use premium fill because you're actually gonna be building that wall, yes. uh, building the base up pretty significantly there above the parking area. Yes. And then the wall starts above that. And then um, Brian and I met, I, went, I participated in that conversation with Brent uh, Klassen about how his property would join into this so that it's one continuous plan. And Ryan talked to him about a landscaping plan on his property. The county was concerned because they don't usually do a project where there's grading on someone else's property. So that's a whole thing they're working through. And I can tell you that Brent has responded to Ryan in the last week or two. Um, I'm fine with this, uh, with the temporary, with the easement of how it's going to work. So basically, instead of looking at a wall that goes up up to 14 feet, most of it is going to be earth, kind of in an angle like that that's mowable because I think it's a mm -hmm. one to three to one ratio, mm -hmm. right? It's a steep. So it'll be very much like. Uh, between the northerly part of the project and the Polson property or the Carter Road property where there's this you know wall of grading and then uh, there'll be some landscaping in there and then there'll be a wall on top so if you're looking from the nursing home at the medical building just imagine where the parking spaces are the wall will be about five feet above that and go that distance and then go another five to eight feet so so the, the 14 feet is still there, if that makes sense, but most of it is earth instead of a solid wall, which would be kind of tough to look at. And then Brent asked for some landscaping on his side, which is gonna tie that all together. He's relieved because his drainage is tied to this property because when Brentwood did it back in the day, all the water from up the hill went through the nursing home piece. 
So he's been managing the clinic water for years. So now his water is only going to be his water. Right. And your water, they're going to be addressing all the water on the other side. Yeah, that's evidenced by this. This line here, all the way through here, is at the, with the top of the wall, all the way down to here, is draining into this pond. So all the water that's come out of his property for however many years is now being captured by us, controlled, and outlet into the ditch on 82. Just answered my question. So the there, other thing there's a ditch too before the wall. I think there's a cutout really quick. That's there's right. a cutout of it. You see the ditch on that side. Do you have the piece that shows the unit and the deck? And there's a ditch. Yeah, there you go. That's helpful right there. That kind of shows you the distance and the grade. So see all the earth rather than wall, and then the wall sits above it. it but there's a ditch behind the units just before the fence on top of it for safety. Sorry, Ryan. I just want to make sure collecting the water. No, no. Um, Explain. I was just going to mention, so it's, a, it's an expensive change for us on those units, but if you think about it, even now with the trees down and those buildings coming down, you're gonna have a, those are going to be the most desirable units, we think, in the community. You're going to have a beautiful view of the valley, you have a, say, you have, you have a, you're gonna have a deck overlooking, you know, a little bit of Brentwood, but more that that whole valley. Every time you come down 82, I think it's one of the prettiest approaches in in Sagamore. You get to see that whole, especially now, you know, with no leaves. So you have a, a deck and a great view. You're gonna be, you know, the house will sit up much higher, um, so that you'll the resident will be able to see over all of that with a deck and then a. a a nice decorative fence on top of the wall so there's no safety issue, even though it's only five to eight feet. So can you ask one, one more? So I know that whole section on the Carter side, what's the actual drop once you do the landscaping stuff? What's the actual drop then from the units to the Carter side to the units to the wall side, for lack of a better term? Because I don't think it's as great as it would be you know, with the natural contours? I can tell you that the, the, the finished floor on these buildings is, we got 856 here, and up here we are at 862. So we're talking six, maybe seven feet, you know, from, from the highest point here. I was looking at the wrong side. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we are at eight, 867, and this is 874. Um, so we're looking at what there, about eight feet, you know, seven, yeah, about seven feet, eight feet from this, from the, this part of Carter. Now it does drop down, again, there's a swale that'll go down further than that, then it comes up again, so we want to control that water. Um, What's the finished floor height of, the, of those units versus the ones we're talking about against the wall? Over here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, the finished floor there is 852, and I can tell you that the asphalt parking area is 829. So we've got, so we're coming up, and and I, I, I got to tell you, like depending where you're staying, if you're on if you're on this parking lot here, that wall is about one, two, three, four, five, eight, maybe actually eight feet up to the toe of the wall. Jeff, you were saying five. I need to correct you on that one. It's probably that's the worst spot, and yeah. then and then an eight feet wall itself, and then from the wall up we've got another one, two, three, four, five feet from the the building down to that that wall. The best way to see it is honestly on here, 
and and what what we've done. This is a bunch of iterations. And, you know, this is there was a moment where we actually considered putting a walkout basement here to make up for that. As it is, it, it doesn't make sense of what we're doing because the whole point of this this property is no step, no steps. And I think honestly, putting a basement there would have been more of a detriment to those units than uh, a positive. I don't think people would have wanted, it. and they certainly wouldn't want to pay the extra that we'd have to charge for the amount of money that goes into something like that to, to furnish that. So we decided to go with the wall, um, but this is the best way to look at it from parking lot 828. You can follow it up. This is this is the existing swale that's down there. This is our three to one slope. Here's our wall. There's the trough at the top of the wall Jeff was talking about. And we we do come up here with some grade. And again, we jump another four feet here. Remember, that's the reveal that you see right there. You didn't treat and show a deck there, but there will be a deck off the back. And then that's how we get to the um, the finished floor of 852. 25. Yeah, that's right. So, Eric, just so I understand, so from the units at the wall, the call out there is 8, what is it, 852? 852. And if you're on Carter, those units are going to be far below you because they step down and then the rest of those units drop. So you're going to kind of see over, you're still going to be able to see over all of that area from the Carter side even too. Correct. I appreciate you going through this. Yeah. Because uh, this is hard to understand um, as you look at that. Well, he had to design it. How, think, how, how hard do you think that was? <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it, it really was. And, um, when we saw that 15-foot wall, nobody was happy. I mean, I know you weren't happy, he's not happy. It's just, it's not what you want to do. It's stark, it's ugly. Frankly, like I said, you, you get into situations when walls are that big where you start to get to um, zones of influence of the wall. You don't want to build that closely to a wall that large. You just don't. And I'm, I'm completely content with this building now. This, this is seated on, on earth. It has nothing to do with the action of that wall, which is perfect in my book. And then more importantly, on the bread side, it kind of makes it more seamless going into the wall. And then you can really put some nice landscaping that kind of almost shields that wall from his side and your side and coming up from the valley. You, you'll see some of the wall, but it'll be kind of shaded in the way it is. Um, I think it'll turn out really well. So what's, uh, what's the, uh, going to be the rental fee for the, do you have an idea? I imagine we, we don't have that finalized yet. Um, I could tell you our other communities that we'll show you um, start anywhere from um, about $1,700 today to the low 2000s. And that, um, 
obviously that includes everything. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's a maintenance-free. There's no landscaping insurance, taxes. Um, there's a small fee for trash. Um, and you pay your utilities directly, but that's, that's it. Um, so it, and it ranges, obviously, by the unit type. Um, so to be clear, you only pay your electric and gas. You don't pay water or sewer. Correct. Either, either, uh, electric and gas, and gas is nominal. Um, it's, it's really just your electric, and I think trash is $10 a month. So we've, um, having a variety of unit types is nice because someone that might be an empty, you know, on their own, doesn't need two cars, they can save some money, still have the same square footage, and they'll pay, you know, 18, 1900 versus a, someone who has an extra car or motorcycle, they need that space. So that's, again, the variety of units where we, we found a, it, it gets more renter demographic, different renter types. But I do have some concerns, okay? My concerns are as much as it would be that Dr. Tonko could go out to um, Hinkley and look to make sure everything looks good, and I'm sure they do, all right? But nobody seems to me to be looking at the traffic issue, all right? I know, I know somebody did a study. I assume these are your people, right? You hired them to do this study. And so do we just accept this? Because I have issues with it, but do we just, as a group, say, Okay, well, they, they said at the very end, just at the point, uh, their finding is that there are no roadway improvements needed on cars. Yeah. Jeff already said they got to do the whole thing road. Okay? Yeah, you, you said you're going to do the whole road. Okay. So all I'm saying is, is this report is in conflict already with what we're, we're saying. So when it goes for approval, what do we do? We just say, okay, we accept this. And I got another one. Um, because I live at the corner of um, Nesbitt and Carter, so when you leave this, this development and you go north, eventually you have to turn left or right on Carter. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, if, have you guys seen that intersection? Are you familiar with that intersection? Even in these plans here, it says at any intersection, if you're going to make a left turn, you have to have 335 feet of sight distance. There's no way in heck. <laughs> There's no way. You're on the top of a hill. You maybe have 75 feet. Okay? So now you're going to have that end. That has a lot of school bus traffic. The hill is definitely great in the winter. Our service department does a wonderful job keeping that hill clean. Wonderful. But um, part, of the, part of the issue is because we have the school bus traffic. Okay. So um, anyways, as we go through all this, this is really thought out. I see things there. You know, you're explaining all this stuff. I think it's going to be really nice. But I don't think when you increase traffic on a rural road by 400%, that you can just sit here and say, that's it. You know, we're just going to be fine with it. We're going to make, we're going to re-asphalt it, and we're going to be fine. 
Are, are we not accepting our, our safety issues then? Because believe me, that intersection at Carter and Nesbitt is an accident waiting to happen. And uh, when you talk about the school bus traffic too, first of all, when you're coming down Carter, if you wanna just go look, come down Carter, before you get to Nesbitt, you have to go down the hill. If there's a, if there's a car at the bottom of that hill and you're at the top, you can't see it. It reminds me of what they did at Chafee years ago, where they had to make these hills a little bit more even so you could see what's over the hill. You cannot yeah. see what's over the hill when you're coming on Carter to Nesbitt Road. Yeah, so the only point is, is that you're making a left turn over there. All this traffic is coming out. What is people gonna do about it? Okay, so let me try to respond. David and yeah. I have talked about this a lot. Right. So, David's neighbor, um, Denise, lives down the hill. We've talked about, you know, the potential, the engineer, the county engineer looks mm -hmm. at taking down the hill. I remember Denise saying, well, I like the character of the hill at yeah. Nesbitt. I mean, her opinion, right. her, her opinion, opinion was, well, I like the character of that hill. But if that hill was adjusted in some way, the hill would have to go back to the bike trail. Correct. And then take it down, going down. That is something that the county engineer would look at. So let's talk about the traffic study in fairness. Mm -hmm. These guys didn't prepare the study, right. and these guys don't review the study. The people who review the study, fair, yes. is the county engineer. Can so I, can I ask okay. one thing? Yeah. Okay. Because and, and this is the same thing. I get it when you're zoning. When you're zoning and you say we have this, it's residential. Now we're going to change it into a development. All right, and you have all the facts. It's it's not it's residential. not residential. It's, it's commercial. commercial. Oh, commercial. Okay, but you like it to be residential, right? But and that's fine. How this ended up, it ended up. But the point is, as we go through all this stuff, I don't know how many of you guys are architects, because that's where we're going with this. I mean, I would like to see Sagamore Hill say, "Okay, come on out." Now we got our own architect, not our zoning department. Okay, to say. Hey, listen, here's what these guys are saying. What do you think? Looks great to me. End of the story. Same thing with this study, okay? Well, Who in the heck here is a civil engineer that understands this? Okay, so hang, hang on. So first, <laughs> the township has no authority to hire an architect okay. and review things on an architect. Back in the day, townships yeah. used to have architectural control. I remember my parents building a house here in mm -hmm. Sagamore Hills. And people would say, what color is this going to be? Can you see this brick? Can I do this? Yeah. Townships actually had no authority to do that. So the township does not have the authority Even to do commercial? What, hang, hang on, architectural review. Mm -hmm. So what you're seeing is, in Macedonia, there's a building and planning department right. that, in a city, does a review of construction materials. Mm -hmm. Macedonia is the easiest example, because you know it all has to be Western Reserve, etc. We are controlled by the county mm -hmm. as it works through the actual construction of these units. We don't affect that. Mm -hmm. We affect height, side yards, setbacks, those things. Mm -hmm. So then let's talk about the traffic study so we're clear. I made sure you had it. I wanted to okay. make sure you had it. So what this traffic study, what will happen to this traffic study will be reviewed by the county. And what they did was they looked at the entrances only on Carter, we talked mm -hmm. about this, because the 82 and a, and a traffic light or any of those issues are controlled by ODOT and not by any of them. They already have a curb cut for the westerly entrance, so that curb cut is allowed because they're joining the property of uh, Brentwood 
to go out and, and ODOT was aware of that. With regard to the Carter Road traffic, if you read this study, and I'm not an expert, but I did carefully read it, they did traffic counts last year of all the traffic coming in and out of that area, especially at the a.m. hour, the noon hour, and the rush hour. And then what they did for like the a.m. hours, they figured out what is the traffic count now and what would the counts be for the development. I'm not advocating that this is perfect, but it's the county engineer who will review this and express an opinion. The question here is, would there need to be a left-hand turn and a right-hand turn based on the volumes? And in the AM volume, you know, they're, they're predicting traffic that doesn't rise to very high counts. They're very, okay. That's true, excuse me. But isn't that study only done on a Tuesday in May? Um, I, mean, I mean, to me, I, I get it. Okay. Well, so and it's only it, in the like I'm yeah. not gonna win the argument with you about the traffic. I get it. Oh, no, I mean, no, 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 no but no, no, no. I, I'm not I, even arguing. I'm I just, well, no. but I understand. But this is how a traffic study is done. Somebody mm -hmm. once somebody said to me, "Well, are you counting old people?" Because shouldn't you, if it's old people making the left turn, maybe it's different than regular people, but that's not how they do it. They do counts on the traffic. They don't look at how old you are. So here, so here, so we're clear. The traffic study, none of these people designed it. I'm not defending them, but they didn't do it. They had an independent consultant do it, and it went to the county, and I gave it to you last week because mm -hmm. that's when it went to the county. The person who reviews this study, uh, was off and they are back until this week. So I haven't even talked to them about it, but the counts, when they did this, um, when they looked at this, the in and out counts on Carter in 45 out, or 145 out 36 um, at those prime times, you can also see that they did a graph of what they expect those traffic counts to be and there's a whole listing of those graphs with the actual counts. And what you can see is on a two-lane left turn, you know, to justify that, we'd have to be up in here and we're way down here. And I don't think there's a lie in the chart because the count adds the like 20. It's not a lie in the chart. Just doesn't right. maybe the chart's correct. All I'm saying is, is this. So when I looked at it at face value, okay, forget the studies and stuff. And right away it said, no improvements need to be made on Carter. And we're already talking about what we're going to do to make it better because it's inadequate. As you said in today's discussion, it's an old rural road. Correct. The second thing is, is it, we didn't even address one of the biggest safety concerns. Okay, because then if you're looking at liabilities and safeties and everything, not necessarily for you guys or whoever is liable. You know, somebody says, well, didn't you think of that? You know, well, if I looked at this traffic study, I'd say, no, I didn't think of it. Yet, right in the study, it says you have to have 335-foot well, clearance. Your argument <laughs> is not about Carter and 82. Your argument is about Carter and Nesbitt and cut traffic cutting through. And I understand that. The trustees understand that. Just hang on. Okay. And when we talked about the road and mm -hmm. the road improvement, the TIF is part of this project, right? And the TIF is gonna give the township money to address roads in that area. So I wanna be really clear. The question 
that has to be asked on this is, would you need a left lane, turn lane, and a right turn lane at Carter Road based on the traffic counts? And would you also need a lane in the center of Carter to be able to make a left turn if you're coming in off 82? This study assumes most of the traffic will go to 82, not to Nesbitt. And the reason for that is because, and I've told you this, Nesbitt doesn't lead to anything. Carter doesn't lead to anything in that direction. If you go north, you could go towards Chafee or you could go towards Nesbitt, but the shopping, the... I mean, those I, are all, I, listen, Jack, I, those are all assumptions, and I get it, okay? Right. And I, cause I, okay, and again, <laughs> when I get out on Carter Road, you know, sometimes it is bad, sometimes it's not, all right? All I'm saying is, is that they seem to have, you can assume there's going to be how, many, how much traffic, we know there's going to be more traffic. Put the number, who knows, okay? I mean, so all I'm saying is, is to ignore that situation as you go forward. And it's not like, well, we're going to, we're going to look at it in the future. And that's what I'm saying. Nobody's looking at it we, now. We are looking at it now. And here's how we look at it. The county engineer does traffic studies all over and reviews these traffic studies all over the county. They are our engineer. They serve the township as our engineer. So they're probably the experts at all those traffic studies because they're the ones who redid Shapey. They understand those counts, and I've talked to all of those folks down there before this study was here. So any approval here is still conditioned on any requirements of the county based on what needs to be done on Carter. I will say this, because I don't want my words mischaracterized. The re the refurbishing of Carter Road is not going to be some asphalt. It's a significant replacement of a mile of Carter Road as part of this. That's also going to complete Gannett Road and also a portion of Greenwood to improve the entrance of Greenwood to improve how traffic interacts all along that 82 corridor, particularly in that zone. So I appreciate what you're saying about um, this, but the concern you have is beyond this area. Your concern, and we're clear, is what happens at Carter and Nesbitt and those hills, and how, did, how is that looked at? And we had the county engineer look at that, and their rough estimate was probably $160,000 to $200,000 to take down the hill. But it would still be a hill on Nesbitt. Did we look at taking down the hill on Carter? That's, I, I understand where that is. That wasn't in that estimate, but the county engineer looked at that, but it would significantly change how traffic functions in front of your property, mm -hmm. and that lot next to you, which is kind of higher than the road, mm -hmm. would be even higher than the road. You know what I mean? Because the road would go down, and the hill would go down. So it's certainly something we're gonna look at, and the county engineer is gonna review, and that's why I called you to make sure you had this stuff. I appreciate and I am going to make sure the county engineer looks at it, but I, you know, they haven't had an opportunity to do that. It, it seems to me that this information is far less than what would warrant a traffic light. And here's my quick example, but let me share this with you. If, if Chafee and 82 does not warrant a left-hand turn lane, which has an enormous amount of traffic on it, 
I don't understand how 140 units on Carter Road would generate that much more traffic. Shady is an enormous amount of traffic, mm -hmm. and it's a hazard trying to make a left-hand turn there. And there's no, there's one lane, and the ODOT has not changed that. So when you look up and down, even Greenwood, you know, when you go down Valley View, I want you to look at Eaton. Eaton has two entrances in it, and all those units, what, 12, 1,500 units that come out on, on Valley View, and there's there's a couple of lanes in those areas, but there isn't a traffic light or anything else. So I will review it, and I will make sure you know what's happening, and then the ultimate question is what to do with Nesbitt will be a trustee question once this progresses. Last thing, okay, I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate all the stuff you guys do. This development is like most thought out plan thing. You guys, this is the first time you're doing this, okay? So it isn't really about that. It really, and it really, I don't want to make it just self-serving. Because of where I live, I watch these crazy people come down that hill, okay? It's not like, you know, especially before, before uh, pulling the work. We're, we're, we're starting to repeat ourselves here. Okay, oh no, okay. If, if Doctor, you have some I'm new sorry. information, uh, Okay, the last thing, can I ask one more question? What's the or, question? Okay, is the construction, the heavy construction, the, the vehicles, are they going to be going from Carter Road Okay, on Carter Road. Are they going to go north, or are they just going to come in? Like, are they going to come in basically in that area where they're, they're working? They're, they're, of there is absolutely no reason whatsoever for any Chevy anyone, even even a light pickup truck from someone from my crew to go north. Okay, everything is going to be going to 82, and that's my And we're not going to fix Carter Road until that heavy equipment is done. So you understand you may suffer from a road that doesn't look as good, but we don't want to do that until the equipment's out of there, the major equipment. Obviously, they'll be building houses, but that won't be the earth-moving equipment, other things. Yeah, yeah. The, probably the, 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 most, the most common repetitive large vehicles, obviously, the concrete trucks, because they have yeah. to come in, and they will be delivering those. Um, and then we, would, we will occasionally have a large... Uh, trust delivery, a flatbed truck. I think we've gotten about as far as we can go with this tonight. Uh, we would like to have a motion to approve the Parkside Senior Living Residential Improvement Plans subject to the following conditions. Guys, you've got some things that Jeff suggested to us which I think are good and I'd like to go through them. The first condition is final approval of the Summit County Engineer, including the traffic study and stormwater plans. The second one, recorded deed restriction for 55 and older community, establishing the township as a third party beneficiary recorded prior to the issuance of zoning permits. The third one, the approval of the final landscaping plans by the Zoning Commission before issuance of any occupancy permits. The fourth one, approval by Brentwood Healthcare for construction of the wall and the landscaping plan east of their facility with appropriate easements setting forth responsibilities with the property owners. The fifth one, the approval of the grading plan on Brentwood Healthcare property by, some account, by the Summit County Engineer. And a sixth one, 
since you don't have documentation providing evidence of compliance with our commercial section 5.2 B 20 small i that's basically just the requirements of uh, the ADA requirements not really requirements but options that they're going to put into these units I'll read it again documentation providing evidence of compliance with commercial section 5.2 B 25. Anything else anybody wants to add? I can't make the motion. Somebody has to make the motion. So moved. We need a second. Second. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. All opposed, same side. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Good luck, Eric Allen. We appreciate it. Eric's been very generous on phone calls as we work through issues, including those trees. And I appreciate it. And thank you for leaving the trees to the north. That looks great. Well, thank you very much. That was a nice compliment. I can, get a lot of that. <laughs> I can help you fill those units. Oh, great. <laughs> thank you. I, I know you guys have other business now as, as we leave that you need to do because I know you were very passionate about getting those locations now. And just while we were sitting here earlier, I actually took a, some goofy screenshots of the three properties we have in Tiger Falls, Akron, and Hinkley. Is there anybody who's emailed those two tonight? You can please look at them. They're very basic. Yeah, just show in. Yeah, here's mine. Wonderful. Why don't you email them and then we'll make sure they get shared. I'm sorry. I think they're property. I want to see the property. Yeah, I'm going to 